Before we dive on into football, we want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Southern Cigar Co. Southern Cigar Co. is a premium cigar subscription service founded with the goal of connecting cigar lovers around the world with nothing but the best smokes. Heading into a cigar shop and choosing from a vast selection can be a daunting task. Southern Cigar Co. has developed a service that takes away the worry and the hassle while providing you with premium cigars every single month. For under $40 per month and free shipping within the United States, Southern Cigar Co. will ship four of their finest cigars right to your door, with the first box of every subscription including a triple torch lighter, a double guillotine cutter, a Boveda humidity pack, and an informational card displaying everything you need to know about your newest cigars. There's no better pairing to Sunday football and your favorite bottle of beer or glass of scotch than one of Southern Cigar Co.'s top-of-the-line smokes. The world's best cigar subscription would make the perfect gift for the cigar lover in your life. Head to southerncigarco.com and enter promo code PUTB for 10% off your first order. Again, that's southerncigarco.com and enter promo code PUTB for 10% off your first order. And now, on to the football. Bonjour, hello, and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Pick of the Blitz podcast, the show where a guy and his former high school history teacher talk a lot about football and very little about history. I'm Justin Heyer, here with Nick Bellotto. We're live on the Locker Room app, recording this Friday afternoon's Dolphins off-season talk of Volume 3. So today we're going to get into all kinds of uh, Dolphins. I'm really just speculation at this point. There hasn't been a whole lot of news, of course, the Dolphins coaching staff has been coaching the Senior Bowl, and, and there's been some sort of Dolphins tangential news that's come out uh, with regards to that. But we're into a lot of fun speculation today. We're going to be talking about free agency. We're going to be diving into Nick's favorite offseason topic, the NFL draft. And, of course, a, another week can't go by in the 2021 NFL offseason unless you're uh, you know a fan of a team like the Chiefs without talking about Deshaun Watson. And then new news has actually come out about that as well, so we'll be – We'll be diving into that for sure. But Nick, since it's your favorite topic, we'll go here first. We'll sort of start from uh, the last thing that's going to happen uh, in this offseason, or the last major thing before we get into the summer, which is the NFL draft. The Dolphins, as we all know, have the third overall pick. And, you know, at this point, I think a lot of fans, a lot of Miami Dolphins fans, fans of the NFL draft and college football in general, but the Miami Dolphins in particular, because of where they're positioned, have become enamored with Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith being one of two of his former teammates, one of the most prolific wide receivers to come out of the NFL draft in a long time, and one of the wide receivers to have the best, statistically, collegiate season for a wide receiver in a very long time. So he's been, of course, the talk of the town in Miami, but the Dolphins are faced with a lot of options at this third overall pick, one of which is trading back. And so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is what do you think about the idea, sort of just at face value, blanket idea of Miami trading back, how far would you be willing to go and what kind of resources would you need to pass on a player like Devonta Smith? Okay, so that's that's an interesting take on what to do with number three um, because I think I think if, if you're at three and Devonta Smith is there, I think you need to pull that trigger. Um, but... He likely will be. It's very it, it, likely, it, you know. 
Well, I think there's only really one scenario where that doesn't take place, right? And that's the that's the Jets deciding that they want to hold on to Darnold for another year, see if they can develop with a coach that is relatively more competent than Adam Gase, which, you know, doesn't really take a whole lot to be more competent. Um, that's the only scenario I can really see because uh, I, don't, I don't see anybody jumping up to grab him at number two. I think it's either Jets or he falls. Uh, yeah. Now, if Miami is smart, I think they should be trading back. Um, and I think your obvious trading partners there are um, either Detroit, who is looking obviously to ship off Matthew Stafford, implying that they do need a quarterback, or um, or Carolina, who also is a little bit quarterback needy. Now, I don't know what their what their thoughts are um, on on some of the other guys that are potentially out there. Like, would they be interested in making a move for a Sam Darnold? Would uh, would Carolina or Detroit? Would Carolina be interested in bringing in? Uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily know how they feel about those guys, but I don't think that it's likely that they're super interested. I don't think Denver is going to be interested in moving up, um, and I, I. I don't really see another um, desperate, desperately needy quarterback team looking to move up, uh, other than those two guys. Um, so you'd obviously so seven and eight are where you're targeting. I would like. If you're moving back from seven and eight, I don't know if you're necessarily going to net. Uh, it, it depends on who's there and how, how good Miami is at negotiating. You might be able to get another first round pick. And I think if you're able to get uh, if you're able to get, for example, seven and next year's first um, from a from a Detroit Lions, if they're really in love with a Zach Wilson, who they think that Atlanta might take or if they're really in love with the Justin Fields, who they, they're worried Atlanta might take. Um, if you can get another first, I think it's safe to pass on Devontae Smith at three because then you're getting another – you're getting um, another uh, third year in a row where you're having two first-round picks. And if you, if, you, if you do that trade, right, let's say you, you could still get Smith at seven, right? There's, there's a path to get uh, Smith at seven, assuming Philly decides to um, – you know, depending on how things kind of play out in those next couple of picks – Right. If if Panay Sewell is still on that board at six, maybe they they take him as opposed to uh, Devontae Smith, although I would assume if Smith is there at six, they take him. Um, so you gamble. You might still get Smith. If not, if your consolation prize and I actually just wrote an article about this today, um, if your consolation prize for moving down from three to seven is Jamar Chase, I have no problem with that. Right. Because then you get another first round pick next year and you get Jamar Chase, who is in some people's mind, the better receiver prospect out of him and Devontae Smith. I like Smith more. Uh, I think he has a better complementary game set to what we've already got on the, on the roster. Um, but if you, can, if you can trade back to seven and get Jamar Chase and a first-round pick, I, there's no Dolphin fan who should be upset with that, right? Or GM or, or anybody in that organization. Nobody should be upset with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm really agreeing with you in – in large part, there's a, a line that I would draw with how far I'd move back and, and what the competition would have to be. And I have some thoughts on that. I do want to get uh, Domo up here, though, live on, on the locker room. wants to go on stage and chat with us. So, Domo, thanks for thanks for requesting to jump up. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for bringing me up, bro. It's been so – I've been waiting for a Dolphins room to pop open <laughs> so I can come in here, bro. I'm glad you're, glad you're here talking to us. Yeah, welcome, man. So, uh, my question would be, I mean – all right, so the Dolphins have three picks inside the top 35. We got the, if I'm not mistaken, the third, the 18th, and the 35th, 32nd, between there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. The 30, 30, um, 
My thing is, um, I didn't even think about trading down to the Lions if Matthew Stafford was available. I that never occurred to me until you said it. I would be willing to do that. I would be willing to move down or to trade the third pick for a legit quarterback in the league, like a well, for one, Pat McAfee. I don't know if you got watched the Pat McAfee show, but when he, oh, yeah. when they released the Deshaun Watson for the three picks in Tua, I was preaching that to everybody. Like, look, the Dolphins are on to come up. We about to pull the trigger on the trade. It's going to be over. But for if we can give up just that third pick, maybe even like a third or something, and then get Matthew Stafford in return, I would definitely be happy with that if we still keep 18 and 32. I don't know about just trading away a chance to get Devin um, – to get Smith, I I wouldn't pass on it, man. I really wouldn't. It's been listen. I've been a lifelong Dolphin fan since Amen. At, since forever, man. I'm 24. My whole life, uh, un, un, except the Chad Pennington year, we've been garbage. <laughs> and the best receiver we had, we gave to the Browns. I'm telling you, we can't we can't risk passing up on. I mean, I get it. Jamar Chase is great, but not that many guys win the Heisman at wide receiver, bro. It's something special about him. It it, it is, For and sure. you got to take it. So, I have to ask you. So I'm I'm 21. So I definitely feel you in terms of having a, a lifelong of, of Dolphins fandom mediocrity. So I have to ask you that if you're willing to give up the three and maybe a third or whatever it would take to so you know Deshaun Watson's one thing. 25 years old in his mm-hmm. prime, his signing bonus was already paid. This is like the golden ticket, right? Of, of, of acquiring quarterback. And I've been on the fence a bit because I like obviously the idea of having all the resources. But Deshaun Watson, I understand. So when you say you would give up the third and a, a three for someone like Matthew Stafford, who's already in his early thirties and, you know, could maybe take this team further, but you know, it is not necessarily like franchise future. Like a Deshaun Watson would be, are you saying you're already out on Tua after 10 or so games? I'm not out on Tua after 10 or so games. My thing is timeline wise, when we started the season, we were not, I mean, I don't know what you guys expected, but me, I did not expect a playoff team. I didn't expect a playoff berth. I didn't expect anything around the playoffs. I was expecting another at least tanking year to a, to a below average year. You know, another rebuilding year, another reprocessing year. I was expecting that. But we are way further ahead on the timeline than we originally thought. So with that being in mind, I was willing to give up the three for Deshaun Watson because, like you said, he's 25, he's in his prime. In terms of the guys we have on offense – he definitely fits age wise, but when it comes to Stafford, we've seen it with we've seen it with Fitzmagic. He, that leadership helps, and Matthew Stafford. I understand he's older than Watson. He's a thirty. He's definitely closer to being at that decline that a quarterback will make. But if we're this good of a team without a legit quarterback at all of any sort, and we're this good, our defense looks our defense look great. Or well, good. I'm not gonna say great. Our defense look good. The quarterback play, I mean, Fitzmagic and Tua, they had their ups and downs. If we had a consistent, good to great quarterback, that would definitely put us over the hump. I feel like that will make us way more competitive with the Bills. And we can even take the division. If we just I, I feel like it really starts with the quarterback and then you use the offseason, we use the free agency kind of fill in the rest of the gaps. Obviously, since I mean if you're going for Watson, you're not gonna have the three first rounds make up for that in um free agency. You gotta spend some money. Yeah, I I don't know. Nick, I want to hear your thoughts on that, on the idea of, of going for Stafford. I know we talked about it briefly, but we never really dove into it. Yeah, I for me, I, I'm not touching Stafford with a 10-foot pole, especially if, it's, <laughs> it's, especially if it's for that third pick. I just – number three overall for Matt Stafford, no way uh, I feel, for me. I get it. I mean, listen, I was a big 
I, I was on the Matthew Stafford's not that good train for a minute, but then you have to think who's been on the Lions? Like, what has Detroit done to help Matthew? Yeah, what has Detroit as a front office, as an organization done to help Matthew Stafford get over the hump? Because it's not not easy to put up the numbers this guy's put up with that lack of a competent team. Like, that has to mean something. Sure, and I I totally hear you on that, and I agree that Detroit has uh, done no favors to Stafford over his career. But the mm-hmm. third overall pick, if we're looking at the third overall pick and what you've got available to you at number three overall, you've either got, uh, like you just said, a Heisman winner receiver that doesn't happen very often. You've mm-hmm. potentially got um, a generational talent at tackle in Sewell. Um, for me, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm given the option of trading that for Matthew Stafford or taking one of those two guys, there is no way I'm even entertaining the idea that Stafford is an option there. Now, if Miami wants to take Devontae Smith at three, and, and maybe start talking about, uh, you know, maybe the 18th pick, I'd still be very hesitant, but I'd at least listen to what other, uh, what else is going to come into that offer. Cause I don't think Stafford at this point, his career is worth a one for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I just, I just don't feel like that's a good, that's good compensation for, for him uh, coming off of, you know, relatively poor years team, the team, obviously the context of that has to be taken into consideration. But for me, I don't see a first-round value on Stafford, and definitely not a top five, top three overall pick. So for me, I'm not, I'm not doing that at all. And I, here's what I'll say on that because I, I think I disagree with one of those statements. I do think Matthew Stafford is worth a first-round pick. I don't think he's worth a, a first-round pick to Miami. If I'm Miami with the way the direction has been going, stacking the resources, overachieving this year, you have your fifth overall pick quarterback who I'm assuming the, the franchise should still believe in in, in him or else mm-hmm. they shouldn't have taken him at five. I don't think to them he's worth a first. If I'm Indianapolis, if I'm San Francisco, if I'm a team yeah. that doesn't have a clear potential franchise quarterback but has a team that's ready to win, then Stafford's worth a first to me. Stafford is worth a first if I'm the GM, uh, if I'm Chris Ballard, right? If I'm John Lynch, if I'm in one of those types of teams, I will send a first for Stafford. I just, I don't think I would do to find Miami. I can agree with that. Well, my question would be this for, um, my question would be, can, cause you said you wouldn't give up a first round for Stafford. You don't believe his, um, his values that high. I, I'd, rather see two. To, I'd rather see two. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just asking. Could you guys name 10 quarterbacks better than Matthew Stafford right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy you asked that question. Nick, you know why I'm happy you asked that question? Uh, well, no. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. But when, we were at, when we were at this point oh. last year, when we were at this point last year, we, were, we did our, uh, one of our offseason oh, right. episodes, our top 10 quarterbacks list. And honestly, I wish I still had them in front of me, but that was like almost 12 full months ago. And one of our debates is – is Matthew Stafford in our top 10? We spoke about that for like, it must've been like a good 20 minutes on one of our shows, like exactly mm-hmm. a year, a year ago. And I, I don't remember where we landed. I was back when Trevor was, was, was doing the show with us too on a regular basis. And all three of us had slightly different back ends of our top 10. I think I had Matthew Stafford at like nine or 10. And then you guys didn't, or maybe I, I don't exactly remember, but it's, it's tough. He's right around that borderline, like right mm-hmm. at that borderline between nine and 12 to me. Nine and twelve—that's respectable. I, I would, I would agree with that. And I, I again, I listen. I'm not trying to diminish uh, Matthew Stafford. I think he's a good player. But I, Justin, I think your caveat about he, that he's worth a first-round pick, just not to Miami, is perfect because I just I can't see 
any logical reason for Miami to move on Stafford uh, when they've got two already there. I, I see a whole lot of logic behind moving for Watson because uh, that's a that's a totally different conversation um, and a totally different type of player who's still got at least 10 quality years in him, assuming he stays healthy. Um, Matthew Stafford, you're not guaranteed that longevity, um, and you're basically throwing two away uh, to bring in a guy – that you know has been has played well in Detroit with with no weapons, but you know you can't really guarantee a whole lot of life left in him, right? He's I don't I don't think he's got that Tom Brady makeup where he's going to play into his late early forties, you know. I mean, but maybe we don't need him to play into his early forties. But if we could get, let's say, if just say the Dolphins do pull the trigger and go for Matthew Stafford, I believe he still has five good to great years left in him, at least five. Okay. That that puts okay. him at thirty five. Cool. Within that five year time span, I believe we could we can make a uh, we can make a leap we, if, if everything goes right. We can make a jump at it. He he's good enough to where you're. If you get to a playoff game, God forbid the Super Bowl. Which if the Dolphins ever made the Super Bowl, I'll lose my fucking mind. But <laughs> if you get to that point, he's a good enough of a quarterback to where you're not. If you face a great one, it won't be lopsided. In my eyes, like sure. Matthew Stafford, maybe, maybe I'm just thinking highly of Matthew Stafford, but I, I just feel he's like his career is really going to look like like a Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers yes. is way better than a he's lot of people give him credit for because of the fact he spent so much time on a team, even though the Chargers put together a lot of great talented rosters, they were just hurt a lot. So he was just in an unfortunate situation, just like Stafford. A lot of people, I mean, People would say Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer, which is insane to me. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Our first ballot, no, but he's definitely a Hall of Famer. But it's people that say he he's not that. And I feel like Stafford, again, I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but Stafford's a good quarterback. He's definitely a great quarterback of this era. I, I just feel like for the Dolphins, who our last great quarterback was legit Chad Pennington, I, I believe in Tua. I, listen, I, I love Tua, but he needs more. He, I'm not even saying he needs more time because this season was kind of a out of left field, no OTAs, no training camp. He didn't really get like that normal right. get into the offense. So for what he did this year, I was impressed that you could just come straight out of college into an NFL system, get the playbook basically on Zoom and be like, all right, I'll see you guys on the field. Like, that's crazy to me. That is insane. Not e- and it was even worse than that because remember, he didn't play for half a year, right? So he didn't play yeah. for a whole mm-hmm. year of football, right? Because of that injury. Because so he was hurt. Yeah. Yep. Right, so it was even worse. Of uh, it was even a more complicated learning curve for him than it was other rookies. Mm-hmm. And he handled it great. And like I said, I believe in Tua. It's just as a Dolphin fan, if you when I hear that there's a chance for us to make a move on players, I've been waiting so long. I've seen so many players with promise come and go. I am still beating holes in walls over us trading away Mika Fitzpatrick. I'm still putting holes in the wall over Jarvis Landry. <laughs> I, like, I've watched so much talent come and go through this roster. I just get so jitty. I guess I just, I'd be ready to pull the trigger prematurely when it comes to trying so, to just get a player. Just to, I guess, to dovetail a little bit of this conversation, then we'll, we'll, we'll move to a different point. I would just, I would say to you, Dumbo, I, you know, so upset about trading Landry and Minka. I mean, so many guys have come through and succeeded elsewhere. If we trade for Stafford, get three or four good years out of him and the arm declines and two is out there throwing dimes for the next 15. 
We'll be putting more holes in walls than you've put over Landry and Giants, Amen. Patrick. And, that, and that's part yeah. of my hesitation with it, too, is I don't think – I think ceiling-wise, I think you have more longevity at a higher level with Tua than you do at Staff- with Stafford. I can agree with that. I, the only way I would put holes in walls is if we, like, go into straight purgatory. Like, we're just 8-8 eight and eight and Stafford is just, like, lying Stafford. Like, he's stat-padding at the end of games. If he starts doing that, then yeah, putting holes in walls and two is looking good. But if Stafford is winning us games, he's getting us to the playoffs for those five, four to five years. If he's doing that, I'm not mad, man. I, I, I'm not. Like, Mika left. Honestly, I'm not really too mad Mika left because we actually still bounce back and recover. I'm still mad Jarvis left because right. we had some dark years without Jarvis. But, yeah, so, I mean, it depends on how we play if we let him go. If we're bad and two of succeeds, then, yeah, more holes in walls. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Thank you so much for jumping up, man. Definitely really appreciate it. Bro, thank you so much for having me, man. Of course. Thank Thanks, you. man. So, Nick, we, you know, we were we discussed a bit about trading back, and, uh, you know, I, I was hearing your points on, on how far back we could potentially go and, and who might potentially be, uh, be you know, an option for who we'd go back to. I, I've been looking through the list, and I agree with you. It looks like the Lions, Panthers, and potentially even maybe Broncos. Um, right, you know, John was no longer the GM, no longer controlling the draft, but they're willing to move up, and uh, and they really like someone as opposed to as opposed to Drew Locke. My personal feeling is that I'm not willing to move back any further than that. If I'm if I'm the Dolphins, unless someone like San Francisco or um, even like you know the Raiders, if they want to totally blow things up, or or Washington in in the mid to late teens, unless they want to give me like their next four years worth of first round picks, like a Watson type deal. I, I'm not passing up on the opportunity to take a top 10 elite player. Because if you look at the NFL draft history, the hit rate in the top 10 is much higher than the hit rate beyond in the rest of the first round. Uh, do you feel the same sort of sentiment or would you oh, yeah. rather at, at you know, uh, any cost to accumulate more picks? Oh, no, I, I think, I think there's a, a, a line in the sand when it comes to it. And I think top 10, unle- listen, if there's somebody in that early teens range that makes us an offer you can't refuse, one of those godfather offers, yeah, you, you can entertain it because I still <laughs> think you can offers. get a pretty good – because yeah, if you wait until the early teens, right, there's still yeah. – especially considering that there's more than likely going to be a pretty uh, insane run on quarterbacks in this – in the first like 15 to 18 picks of this first round, you could still potentially get Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell in that – in in that early teens. And if you can get another treasure trove of picks and you can get a couple more first rounders over the course of the next two, three seasons, I, I think they got to entertain it. If you feel confident that you can get a chase or a waddle. Cause I do think, I do yeah. think both of those receivers, I feel waddle always gets like, we don't talk about him enough um, because we're always talking about Smith and chase. And I think there's some, I, I understand why numerically, but Jalen waddle, sure. especially for Miami. And I've been saying this for a while. I think he's a better skill set match for what we've already got on the roster than anybody else because he's all about speed, right? you got Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Now you've got a guy who can come across the middle and actually do something with his speed as opposed to Jakeem Grant who just kind of bobbles the ball four or five times and then either drops it or, you know, he is dropped right there. So um, yeah. if we get Waddle, like that's another consolation prize that I'm not upset about if, if, that's, if that's what they do. But I think anything, anything past like 12 or 13, I better be getting a lot a lot for somebody to for move sure. up to three. Yeah, because it's very rare that you are the borderline playoff team and have a top five pick, right? So, uh, but the idea of 
you know, not having a lot of drop off at your potential position pick if you're going for a wide receiver at three and then taking Smith or Chase, uh, rather Waddle or Chase later, then I, I I'm on the same page as you. If, if the turn wants to do that, the thing that could change all that though, the thing that could potentially alter that entire landscape is if we see a team like the Lions or a team like the Panthers, who apparently for Ian Rapport are going to be very aggressive, or even the Broncos make a huge move for, you know, Stafford goes to one of them, and then Watson goes to another, and then, you know, maybe Garoppolo is dealt to one, or Carr is dealt to one. There's going to be so many events. There's so many guys going to be moving around. Who knows actually who's going to be willing to take or move up for a quarterback at that point, at that point later on. So there's going to be so much movement between now and um, and, and draft day that it's really, it's tough to actually peg who's going to be willing to move up at, uh, sure. at that point. Outside of wide receiver, you, you briefly mentioned Sewell. Is there anyone else you're willing to take in, in the top 10 outside of, uh, outside of Sewell or one of the receivers? At this moment, it's either Sewell or, or Smith. I would like to see how in, in the combine, depending on whatever that looks like, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, for me, Micah Parsons is an, another name that's kind of floating in that top 10 that I think would be a good fit for Miami somewhere. But based on the fact that we haven't seen him in a year, it's hard for me to say that he's a third overall pick. And that's why I think the same thing with Jamar Chase, too. Like, I don't think you take Chase at three. I understand a little bit later. Um, he's the only other one I would consider, because especially when you think about what Miami needs, right? They need a receiver and they need a linebacker. And one of their biggest um, struggles last year was stopping the run. And Parsons is very, very good at doing that. At least he was when he, when he played last year. Um, yeah. Still young, athletic guy. You can, and, and he would be for Brian Flores. That's like that's his guy. He can really uh, mold him into being a dominant linebacker. So I think maybe you consider Parsons, um, but at this moment, pre combine, not knowing what you're getting out of him, I think Sewell is more of a uh, a safer pick at three if you don't go with uh, Devonte Smith. So looking at the. Uh the whole Deshaun Watson situation. I'll, I'll take us off the draft for a minute. Uh, just to oh, give everyone man. a brief, a, a brief update, a brief update today. Uh, Nick Sirio came out and said that they're not trading Deshaun Watson. Newly hired head coach David Colley came out and said that I'm here because Deshaun Watson is going to be a Houston Texan, which I think was a pretty strong statement, but Deshaun Watson apparently about a week and a half ago per Ian Rapport requested this trade, did not demand a trade, but requested uh, a trade. So, not we're not quite at NBA level DefCon one yet, but it's 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 on its way. He did request the trade. At this point, it looks like for all the reporters that there will be about twenty five to twenty seven teams who are going to be in this bidding war, and it is oh, shaping yeah. up to be a bidding war because uh, per you know all these reports, Deshaun Watson is not going to be that choosy with where he wants to go. There will be a couple teams on his no trade list, but not that choosy. That's what we're hearing right now. Nick, how high are you willing to go? How many chips are you willing to push into the middle of the table? How far is your line with whether or not you'd be willing to acquire Deshaun Watson? This is such a hard question for me to answer. Or is there a point? Is there a point where you say I'm no longer in? So... Obviously, there's there's always going to be a point, right? I think I think something like four first rounders is, is and Tua is too much um, f- for me, right? Um, so so okay, 
we know Tua is going to be in the conversation, right? So if, if Deshaun Watson ends up coming to Miami, Tua is leaving, right? He's going to be one of the chips that goes back, okay? Yeah. They're definitely going to want that third overall pick as well. And I think, I think that's a pretty fair ask, to be honest with you. Um, I would be willing to give up next year's first, and then I would also be willing to give, up, give them back their second-round pick, right? So that's, that's two firsts, two a, a second. I would even – I'm more than happy to throw in a couple of other consolation third through seven-round picks, you know, whatever they want. But for me, that's – like, I would like to keep 18. If I can keep 18, trade away those first-round picks, give them three, give them next year's first, uh, give them uh, two – I might even consider giving them both twos in this year draft. Um, to, to sweeten the deal. And then you get two on top of it, which uh, their GM said that he did, he did like Tua a lot uh, last season um, coming out in the draft. So they get Tua, they get two first round picks, they get two second round picks. I think for me, I'm pulling the trigger on that deal. If I can, it, now if they want 18, th- that's, that's a lot, right? Yeah. Would you agree that's, that's a, lot. a lot? But that's Justin, Deshaun Watson is 25 years old. He just led the league in passing on a team that was awful, awful. If Miami can hold on to that number 18 pick, right, then this for me is a steal because you're getting a generation, arguably a top five, maybe even top three quarterback in this league, right? Yeah. Right. And, for, and this doesn't happen. That, that's like the weirdness of this, right? You see this all the time in the NBA with players who are in these, in these situations kind of forcing uh, their general manager's hand saying, oh, yeah. I'm not going to play for you, right? We don't, this doesn't happen in the NFL. It doesn't happen. So this is weird for everybody. But you got to think, like, this is the equivalent of bringing in LeBron James to your team. Maybe not LeBron James. Okay, so Pat Mahomes is LeBron James, right? I think that's a fair argument. Yeah. But if you're getting Kevin Durant, <laughs> are you, is anybody going to be upset about that? I'm uh, not. It's funny you said that. that. Trevor and I were actually talking. Oh, he's here. Trevor, Trevor and I were actually talking earlier today how the, the Super Bowl this year kind of feels like you're going to – it's as if someone took Michael Jordan and brought him back to the NBA and you got to watch Jordan and, and LeBron go. Obviously, Jordan being Brady and, and uh, LeBron being Mahomes. But that, that's just a funny comparison. Um, so my, my problem with that, my problem with you saying two firsts, two seconds, and two uh, – but, but uh, four firsts is too many. My problem with that, and I don't disagree with you, is that someone will pay more. When you have 25-plus sure. GMs, when you have 25-plus GMs, obviously these guys who, I mean, every single move, especially these major ones, are, can become career legacy-defining moves. You're the GM who brought the generational talent to your city to be the face of your franchise for the next 10 years. Your job security is pretty pretty well intact for a while, right? Because any misses you make with the draft later on, it's like, oh, well, he didn't have his firsts because he brought us to Sean, so who cares? You're, you're set. Someone will outbid that. I'm telling you, someone's going to give four or five. I so, agree. I agree. I agree. But I think one of the things that is in Miami's favor is he, he has shown interest in playing here, right? Sure. And if, if, if Nick uh, – what's his name? Casario? I believe his name yeah. is Casario, right? If yeah. Nick Casario likes Tua – that is going to be an, an appealing trade package to him. And if Deshaun Watson is more open to teams than he is not, right, that might play in Miami's favor, right? If they're interested in – if they feel like Tua was a better prospect coming out than a Zach Wilson was or a Justin Fields was or a Kyle Trask or a Mac Jones or any of them guys, that, that is a huge bargaining chip in Miami's favor. 
that the other teams don't have, right? Because what other young quarterback is going to be on the trade block like that? Apparently, apparently there are GMs and scouts and people in the media who are saying Darnold's close. He's close enough to Tua where if oh they're giving God, more, that makes where if they're giving more draft capital, he was drafted higher than Tua, right? He had to sit through Adam Gase. He's shown the talent. That's what they're saying. But where I was going with the point was, let's say it's New York. Let's say it's the Jets. And they're saying, we'll give you three first two seconds and Darnold. And then Houston comes back to Miami and says, okay, you're offering two first two seconds and Tua. If you throw in the first, we'll take that deal. The problem I have with drawing a hard line on someone like Deshaun Watson is five years from now, are we going to be sitting here saying, Frank, if we just threw in yes. that extra first, if we yes. just threw in that extra first, think, we could have had. Think, so is there a line? That's kind of where I'm going. Or would you just well, so throw in the make, whole sack? You know? Well, that's the thing is, it, okay, so if you get Deshaun Watson, right, we're talking AFC championship game, right? Right. Right, because in the AFC, if, if Deshaun Watson comes to Miami, which is a team, like Domo was saying earlier, that is ahead of schedule, has some pretty good assets left, especially if you consider the trade package that I just built, right? You still got that 18th pick, which is crucial, right? You, and you've got a GM who generally hits in the later rounds, too. That's something else we didn't talk about is uh, Chris Greer is pretty good at finding late-round guys. If you notice sure. a lot of the, the studs, not the studs, but a lot of the good rookies that we talked about all year were late-round guys. Um, yeah. except for Tua, obviously. Um, so you, you're, we're definitely talking competitive football team with Buffalo and with the Chiefs, right? And, yeah. and that's what you want. And there's, first of all, as much as I love Tua, the ceiling is, we already know where we're going to get with Deshaun Watson. And as much as I think Tua's ceiling is high, we don't know if we're going to ever reach that ceiling, right? For me, it, even if they say first round pick and, and I really, I'm going to be up all night thinking about it. I, <laughs> I might, got you. I got you thinking now. I might now. pull the trigger. I might pull the trigger because you're getting something that nobody gets, right? You're getting somebody that nobody gets. And th- this is why, if Houston is willing to put pride aside and say, okay, that's fine, we'll deal him. 25 GMs, let's start the bidding war. I am telling you. They are going to get the, – the idea of King's Ransom is going to be completely redefined. Completely redefined. Someone's going to give an entire draft worth of picks and then four more first. Someone's going to do it because every single GM is going to be thinking, God, fine, I'll just throw in one more pick because it's Deshaun Watson. Because Houston will just keep going around over and over again saying, okay, well, we got offered this. Can you throw in one more thing? And then to the next person, we got offered this. That's just how it's going to work. That's how it's going to happen. This is going to be an earth-shattering level trade. So let me ask you a question, Justin. Let's say that that, let's say that they're interested in Xavier Howard, right? And that might save you a first-round pick or or a first and a second. Would you would you throw X in as well? So at at, at this point, with all of what I just (laughs) said, at, at this point, with all of what I just said. Personally, the idea of – I mean, obviously you want to be in there and see if you can maybe somehow swing sort of deal, some sort of deal because they really like one of your players and then maybe you get an edge. But at this point, I don't think there's any shot, honestly, even though Miami is the betting favorite, that Miami gets Deshaun Watson. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's going to happen because the way Chris Greer and Brian Flores have built this path so far, 
I don't think they would be willing, even if they should, I don't think they will be willing to give four or more firsts plus to a plus potentially a guy like Xavier Howard. And again, someone will. I'm telling you right now, someone will. So, okay, so let me paint you another scenario then. Let's say, let's say there's a team out there willing to part with two first-round picks for Xavier Howard coming off of a pretty strong Defensive Player of the Year uh, campaign, shown that he can, he can, sure. he's the best corner in the game right, right now. Um, if someone's willing to take two first-round picks, do you take one of those and add it on, and then you got yourself a yeah. Um, for I, just to paint a little more context for anyone who, oh, sorry, I, I I lost you there for saying, but I think I think then I got the end. It, it just to paint a little bit of context for anyone who might not know, Xavier Howard is potentially going to be or likely going to be for the Miami Herald asking for a raise this year. Yes, he just signed a big contract mm-hmm. extension, but since then. Five more cornerbacks have been given higher salaries, higher average beer salaries, more guaranteed money. And Xavier Howard was, I think, and most people think, the best cornerback in the NFL last year. So um, I actually have a, a follow-up question to that for you. But if I can't come to some sort of contractual agreement with Xavier Howard, hell yeah, I'll take two first-round picks. And I love X. I do. He's, Me too. He's the reason we won. He was team MVP last year. He was the reason we won 10 games as opposed to seven, right? There were some games where his picks made all the difference. So – uh, I love him, but if if it's yeah. if it's the case where I need to give him five more or four more million dollars a year, and the cap just doesn't look like it's going to make it work, then I think you have to take that deal, right? Yeah, uh, I I would take it, and I love X just like you do, and a hundred percent. If someone comes to me and says two first rounders for Xavier and Howard, one this year, so you get three this year, you can use two of them to entice Houston a little bit more. I'm taking that because I think I think that the value of adding a stud quarterback is is much higher than the value of having a stud corner. Can I ask you, what do you think of the idea of Xavier Howard requesting a raise at this point, given all of that context? Listen, man, I request raises after good years. (laughs) He has a right to request a raise. When those AP scores are really high, I'll walk into the office. I'll ask all day and be like, hey, you see all those fives that just got you? Yeah, come on now. Um, fives are my interceptions, I guess. Um, X has a right to ask. 100% he has a right to ask. Um, and, but like you said, the Dolphins have a lot of different cap constraints. Like, in, you know, I think one of the bigger problems is that they gave Byron Jones so much money um, last year. So, listen, if they can figure out a way to rework some of his contract and give some of that money to X, go for it. Uh, but I think the way that it's presently constructed, I just don't know, knowing the needs that Miami has, I just don't know where they're going to find that extra five, six million that he might want. Okay, so right, I just, they got because because yeah, they're going to have to look at a few receivers. They might have to bring in an offensive lineman. Um, you know, there might be like there there are a couple of different things that could be churning in their minds, and I don't know if they're going to be able to find that uh, the availability. Well, yeah, there's certainly that point. Uh, you know, can it work with the cap? And you know I love to play devil's advocate. So just to do that here and, and I guess paint you some of the arguments, there are people, uh, you know, in the Dolphins fan community who are saying, you know, come on, he's he's not being team first, he's being selfish, whatever. I think you and I both agree, especially given what you just said, that it's in every right of his to do that. But the other argument is, and I'd love your opinion on this, people are saying, well, if you give him a raise, then every time a good player has a great year – they're going to come in and ask for a raise. And you just showed you're going to acquiesce to one. Aren't all the others going to want the same thing? 
But I don't. But I don't think this is a one-year thing, right? Davian, how? When did he sign his contract? Two years ago? Three years ago? Uh, no, no, no. It was, the extension was, I think, last offseason. Uh, one and a half years ago. It, now, I think one and a half years ago. Okay, so yeah. maybe it is a little early for him to be asking, but he is coming off a, a great campaign, um, a defensive player of the year campaign, and he's he's uh, his contract is being compared to another person on his team that did not even come close to a solid season in Byron Jones. So, you know, if I'm X, I'm looking at that. I'm saying I'm better than this guy. I would like a little bit more money. I don't have, I don't have any problem with guys in football asking for more money when they can, because this is a sport where your career could be ended in a minute, in a second, your career could be over. Right. So I have zero problem with him asking for money. Now Miami makes that decision, gives him that money. That's a different conversation. Right, but him asking, ask away, man. You got all. You have earned the right to ask, but Miami can say no. Yeah, that's why I think personally, it's it's so unfair of of people who you know who are fans or whatever who say uh, he's being paid fifteen million. You know, relax. But it's it's not that's that's not the point. The point is, like you just said, he had uh, first of all one of the best seasons by a cornerback in the last decade. Right, the last person yep. to get. 10 interceptions in a year was was that long ago plus he had i think a top three coverage grade of the entire uh in the entire nfl and this yeah this is not a sport that you get to play forever right you only get to do it for a a handful of years and 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 the great ones you know when they earn it get their due and and x has already had a couple of injury issues too so if i'm him uh, this is this is the time to ask for a raise this is 100 percent it because because there's no way he duplicates this next season right there's just too much of a drop off every year in terms of defensive statistics it's not going to happen is he still going to be a shutdown corner probably right but is he going to have 10 interceptions best uh passer rating uh as a corner top guy in the league next year there's no guarantee of that 100 percent x is within his rights to ask and like team first is you know when we always think about team first, we like we're thinking about we're not thinking about individual players and like you said and like I said, putting their bodies on the line to provide you this type of entertainment. He deserves to, the right to ask for this without getting all the heat from everybody. Would you do it for one first? Because I'm not sure you'll get to with that, team. especially because especially because that team is going to have to pay him more. Would you do it for one first? Because I think that's more likely. Mm-hmm. No. No. No, no, because I think I think even if you had to give him a raise, so if can, in your scenario, can I cut? Can I give Byron Jones a pay cut? Can we have sit him <laughs> down and say I need some of that money to pay the guy who actually outperformed you? Right? When we think about PFF rankings, is the guy who was number one and the guy who was very close to last? Can we? Can I give you some of his money? Uh, given that that's extraordinarily unlikely, I'm gonna take some. Accepted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with money. no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna the, the scenario is <laughs> in this world, Justin. I am. I'm playing Madden. I can do whatever I want. Byron Jones just got restructured. <laughs> All right, wait. I'm, I'm putting you in a new world now. Xavier Howard comes into your offense and says, "I need more guaranteed money, and I need a slight raise in average per year." You cannot take it from Byron Jones or anyone else, for that matter. And uh, Team X, in the middle of the first round, let's say the Las Vegas Raiders, comes to you and says they'll give you their first-round pick for Xavier Howard. And then you'll I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for just a one. 
I'm not doing it for just the one. Nope. You'll give him the race. For just the one. Yep. I'll give him the race. I'm not doing it for just the one. If if we're talking maybe a couple ones or, uh, you know, maybe one this year, one next year, and a two this year. Um, yeah, I'll I'll consider it, but I'm not I'm not for just one one. No way. No way. It's 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 tough, but I I think I'm I'm on the same page as you here. Where uh, this is a guy that I I, to me one pick. what no, no, I know. No to me, the I'm direction this the team is going. That. Yeah, and we, we just went through that, right? We dealt Tunsil. We dealt Minka. We dealt Kenyon Drake. Like, we just did all that. We dealt all the stars. We, we rebuilt, and now we're here. Now we're ready to win. The secondary was the strength of the team. Zabin Howard was the strength of the secondary. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing it either. Uh, the two firsts would be very tough to, to turn down, and, and so there I think you might have me picking up the phone, but uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it for the one. And honestly... The Dolphins are in a situation at the cap right now where you can pay Xavier Howard more. Like they can, they can afford to do that. It's a lot of right. money to have tied up in the cornerback position, but I mean, they just showed that they could win games with it with that kind of money tied up. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing that too. Justin, you're usually a little bit better on the cap numbers than I am, and I know we want to move to different conversations if, if you do. Um, but do you know what the cap hits are for Byron Jones? Just curious. I'm not suggesting they're going to cut him. I'm just interested to know. Uh, you, have me, you have me frantically typing. One sec. I have it. I have it being pulled okay. up on, on spot track. Yes. Byron Jones cap hit for 2021 is 16 million. The dead cap hit is 28 million. So you're not cutting. Yeah. So <laughs> Byron not. Jones ain't going anywhere. <laughs> um, if you're going to move on from Byron Jones, if you're on Byron Jones, you can Next offseason for uh, a $16 million um, relief and, and $12 million dead cap, so you'd have $4 million free. That's unlikely. The real likely out, if you're ever going to move on from him, is two offseasons from now when uh, you, the 2022 season has ended. You have a $16 million cap hit and $4 million in dead cap. But, but what – so I guess the good thing I'm seeing out of this is if Miami goes this – you know, if Miami gives him the raise, they're only going to be really – even if they – they would take that dead hit in an in an off season from now, right? If they decided to move on from Byron Jones, but it wouldn't be that awful. It sounds like, um, so right. you could pay X now, be a little cash strapped this time, and then next season have a little bit of relief from that cap hit. So no, it, I, the more the more I think about it, the angrier I get about the idea of X for a first. Get out of here, John Gruden. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think it's that likely either. Stephen Howard would have to come in with some pretty unrealistic demands, in, in my mind, for, for for Miami to justify moving on from him. Because, I mean, again, best best defensive uh, season last year. So I don't, I don't see that as particularly likely either. All righty. Um, I guess we got to go through draft. We talked to Sean Watson. We talked to Xavier Howard. Let's do a quick little free agency uh, frenzy. Oh, yeah. Debate here, a little topic. So, obviously, free agency is coming up in about a month and a half or so. Dolphins do have some nice, nice cap space. They're in the top 10. There are some positions of need. Give me your favorite free agent target of the uh, becoming uh, coming frenzy. Ooh. Um, I'm torn. Uh, it's got to be one of the, the receivers that are going to be up. Um, yeah. Whether whether it's the Allen Robinson or the Chris Godwin, I think it's I think it's probably one of those two individuals. Um, I, I've always since we've started talking about free agency, um, I've always leaned more towards Godwin than Robinson uh, from a youth perspective. Um, 
But I would say those two, those, those are my two guys. Oh, well, I, I, I feel like I got to go elsewhere now because that was going to be, I, I was, <laughs> I was going to say Chris Godwin, but um, I, let me just float the idea here. Of, and I know this is, is, is very different, but uh, talking about this in friends lately, float the idea of Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons is ah. one of the best safeties in the NFL, if not the best right now. Just had a phenomenal season. He's been pretty consistent and productive for a couple of years in a row now. He was one of the top safeties in, in 2019 as well. He's young, right? He's a guy that is obviously uh, a leader of the defense, being on the Denver Broncos last year. And this secondary is, it is like right on the border of what you had in Denver with the no-fly zone, right? But you have the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Two very capable cornerbacks, one of whom just proved himself to have the best cornerback season in the league last year, right? You have uh, you have a secondary, or rather a safety group that is capable but not elite right now yet, right? In Eric Rowe, Bobby McCain, and rookie Brendan Jones. So you throw Justin Simmons in there right now, and I mean, no one's going to pass on you, right? You can't, You just can't. Yeah. You can't. Everyone's going to be covered all the time. And at that point, you're, you just take your safety from, as, as someone said earlier, from, from good borderline great to freaking elite. Now, do you think that's too much money to put in the secondary? Because you're going to have to pay Justin Simmons that's like $16 a million a year. Yeah, at least $16 million a year. Um, that's a lot of money. Well, let's just say this. If, if Simmons is coming to Miami, X ain't getting that raise. Right, but I think I it would, think be, that would be such. I, uh, I'm thinking impossible. Um, <laughs> I think that would be a, a hell of a secondary, but I just I don't from a cap perspective, I don't see it happening. What do you think of? I'm just looking through our locker room chat here. Josh threw at Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is going to be yeah, what, 31 next year. What do you think of Marvin Jones? Because that's a, been a popular name in the Twitter Dolphins verse. Dolphins if you can Twitter get him, verse. if you can get him at a low at a low deal, um, I don't pretty, think he will. Uh, team. Yeah, so then if that's the case, I'm probably going to pass just because uh, he doesn't fit the mold of what you're trying to do. Like P- PFF – actually, oh, I'm surprised by this. P- PFF put out their, their top 100 2021 free agents. They have them at nine a year, which I thought was pretty low for someone who's been extraordinarily productive for the past half decade. For the past five years, he's been uh, one of those productive receivers in the NFL. Sort of low key. Um, what about at nine a year? That's what that's what PFF has met right now bit better about it i would definitely i think i think that's a decent uh a decent price tag for him i'd still explore other options like if marvin if if we can't get a godwin then i would consider a marvin jones as like a more of a stopgap guy that can run with Devonte parker and Devonte smith um assuming we take him at three uh yeah. but i still i still like other options over him I do too. I, Although I don't like Kenny Galladay, yeah. I'm just saying. Because of the injury history, I just don't like Galladay. <laughs> did, did he do something to? Did you have him on a fantasy team or something? Because I mean, Galladay was Galladay was uh, very productive when healthy for for the Lions, but the when healthy is obviously the key there. Yeah, so the idea of giving Galladay a lot of guaranteed money is 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 tough for me. There are definitely some you know, nice, um, you know, middle tier options here as well. If the Dolphins do miss out on, on Robinson and Godwin, I wouldn't be surprised if Godwin stays in Tampa to run it up again with Brady. Nelson Aguilar is an interesting one, obviously a failed experiment in Philly, but was very productive for the Raiders last year. And I don't know if you saw, 
today's headline, but apparently he got into a shouting match in the locker room during uh, one of the games at the end of the year last year because he didn't like the way the team was handling its losses, said that the guys are getting complacent. So it doesn't sound like he's going to go back to Vegas. He was very, very good with, uh, with the Raiders. What do you think of Aguilar? Um, I mean, I, I have I, too I underwhelming for you. You sound he, underwhelmed. He, he is because I just one season he was very good, but can he duplicate it? And I don't want to pay a guy who's had one good season and three poor ones, four poor ones. How long has he been in the league? Five years. He was drafted. Okay, so yeah, so four poor ones. Like I, I, I four years. For, so for me, for me, that's uh, Aguilar is not on my list. Okay, so let me throw out one final one here to first wrap up the free agency talk. This is, I think, the most polarizing name on the free agency list on offense this this year, at least amongst the top-tier guys. Juju Smith-Schuster, right now, no. PFF has him at about $17 million a year likely for, for a deal. No. Flat out. No, not interested. Because of the TikToks? Like, like talent, the talent's there. Is it because yep. of the TikToks? It, it, I, do you think – okay, knowing what you know about Brian Flores and this yeah. Patriot-like organization we are developing in Miami, do you think he wants the TikToks? Do you think that he wants people dancing on the logos? Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. It doesn't make no sense. Probably not. He's down my list, if, if but I, if, if, if you don't get Robinson or Godman or Gallad, okay, Galladay or, or Juju. Galladay or Juju? You're out on both. Galladay. Galladay. I'll take Galladay over Juju. Okay. For the same price? Because they'll probably cost about the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would take Galladay over Juju. All right. I mean, I would too, just because I like Galladay's skill set better than I do Juju. So I like the idea of, of two, uh, you know, two having someone who's big and scary on the outside to, to throw to. Although and, you, and have, you have two men made of glass on the outside then in, in, in Parker and Galladay, which is a little nerve wracking. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's got to go into the decision making. That's why Godwin is obviously like the better choice. Um, but I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like Juju. I don't like the 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 way he kind of holds himself. I don't like the dancing on the logo stuff, especially sure. then you follow it up with with stinkers of games. So sure. for me, for me, uh, I'll pass on Juju. All right, one more, one more fun one. I know I said that was the last one, but Josh is asking in the chat. Aaron Jones. Yes or I'm no? Pass on, I'm a pass on Aaron Jones too, and because just because I think that's a lot of money, potentially what would be a lot of money to bring him in. Uh, yeah, that's PFF says he, 11 million. That's a lot for a running back. You got Miles Gaskin, who proved to be pretty competent when healthy. Salvin Ahmed was uh, a, a revelation, although I don't think he's anywhere near uh, a, a full time starter. For me, Miami's going with that second, uh, with that first second round pick. They're taking who, whatever best running back available. Najee Harris, who, Travis Etienne, if he falls, whoever it might be, you're taking that guy. Yeah, I don't like the idea of paying him 11 million to running back either, especially because there are other positions on the team right now: edge, wide receiver, interior line, what have you. Where I would rather that money go. So. I'm on the same same wavelength there. And there's, so, and there's so many times when people pay big money to running backs and it just never works out. I mean, not never. It's just yeah. so many times where it doesn't work out. And I don't want that to be a, another whiff for this organization after they whiffed twice in running backs this last season. Yeah, not not, not worth it to me either. <laughs> All righty. Wild card question of the day. I got one for you. So we're bringing it back right. for, for today's thought. Nick, what is the best leftover food? 
next day, throw it in the oven, throw it in the microwave, whatever. What is the best food to have the next day as leftovers? Hmm. Are you asking me for like a, can it be anything like a specific food or like a places food, like somewhere I can go out and get something? I was going for a type of food, but if you want to give me the restaurant as well, that's mm. totally acceptable. Give me a suggestion. Somewhere to eat. So, okay. This might not be like the popular choice, but I love me some Chipotle the day after. I really? love it. Yep, I do. It's so, especially because everything gets hot and melted again. Oh, I love it. Like, I just had that oh one yesterday for lunch. That was unexpected. Fantastic. Yep, it's not. It's probably not the popular choice, but that's. Hold on, let me let me think a little bit more on that. So, go ahead, give me yours while I think. Well, first of all, I don't often have Chipotle leftovers. That's number one. I don't often leave either extra Uh, Chipotle for them, and not certainly not enough to make a meal. That's one of the reasons why I love my fiance, because I eat all mine, but then I get hers the next day. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 fair. My mine's. Uh, was kind of, I mean, to me, leftover pizza. Here, well, here's the hot take that'll go with it. I think leftover pizza is better than fresh pizza. I do because I like really, really crispy pizza. So, to me, putting it in the oven after and uh, you know the next day and getting it really nice and sort of brown, toasted, crispy is is often better than when I got it the day of. Pizza's a good one. Pizza's definitely a good one. What do you think uh, of that take, though? Because uh, I, I, I thought I thought I I'd get some push from you on the that. pizza. I think it depends on the pizza because I feel like the next day. I'm assuming you're going to put it in the oven the next day, right? You're sure. not going to microwave. No, it if you microwave you're gonna pizza get and have access to an oven, you do not deserve to eat that pizza. <laughs> okay, all right. If you are somewhere where there is no oven, that's a different story. But if you have, like, if you're at, at work or whatever, but if you are at home and you have an oven and you put it in the microwave instead, you do not deserve to eat that pizza. It takes like four extra minutes. That, no, no, no. I, look, Justin, I agree with you. You didn't need to get so sassy. I'm like, getting I'm with intense. You yeah, for real. I, I'm with you. I agree with you. Um, better. I think it depends on the pizza. So, like, I, 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 I oven my pizza for leftovers as well. And sometimes it's. I would say it's as good as the night before. But I don't know if there's very few instances where it is better than the day before. I would say at. Yeah. I think it's usually as good as as the day before. Uh, to me, like Anthony's coal fire pizza, which I think is that's a, a so that's for a lot of people now. That's great leftover pizza. But that's a good that's a good example. But like, if you throw like Pizza Hut in there, for example, sure. I, I like I don't I'm sure. not gonna waste my money on Pizza Hut anyway. If I'm gonna eat pizza, I'm getting some good stuff. You know what I mean? But if you throw Pizza Hut in there, uh, I don't think you're gonna get a quality reheat. You know what I mean? Yeah, not no, trying that's to fair. trash Pizza Hut. If you want to sponsor, pick up the Blitz Pizza Hut. You are welcome to do so. They won't. They certainly won't after after saying I'm not wasting my money on on pizza. Not that they were calling anyway, but like you know, that, I think yeah, I think we just lost that on on that one. Although maybe Domino's will be much more excited to, to sponsor us now. Josh is saying leftover rice to make fried rice. That's not a bad one either. So That's wait, so Justin, so based on the pizza talk, so yeah. do you like cold pizza? Will you take it right out of the fridge and eat it? Prefer definitely not. Will I eat it? I mean. There are very few situations. There are very few things you could like, you know, <laughs> do to the pizza where I'm not going to eat the pizza. Uh, I will eat. I will eat cold pizza. I won't do it super happily, but I'm not going to turn it away. Okay, fair. Uh, I'll I'll eat it. Uh, like like you said, uh, I'd rather warm it up. But if I'm like, I'll definitely I'll definitely have cold pizza. Will you have cold pe- pizza for breakfast? I I so. 
like if you handed me a slice on the plate, am I going to say no? Probably not. But I, I don't, I ha- I've done that before and I didn't feel like I felt kind of gross <laughs> after. I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, yes. You know, yes, going 100%. about the rest of my day, I feel a little worse about myself having, you know, have, having done that. So uh, it's certainly not, certainly not the best option. Certainly not the best option. See, I, I would do it, but I agree. I feel, I feel really bad about it later. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not worth it. I was waiting. I, you said you were going to think about it and give me another answer. Are you I got totally to distracted by pizza. I got <laughs> okay. totally distracted by pizza. Uh, we'll wrap we'll wrap it up there then. Anyway, um, thank you very much to everyone who jumped on uh, live on Locker and Domo for coming up and talking to us and everyone in the chat. Josh, thank you for for interacting with us. We always appreciate yeah, thank it, you, Josh. This episode will be on all your favorite podcasting platforms within 24 hours. We will be uh, live on the Locker Room app weekly doing our Dolphins off-season talk shows. This one being Volume 3 will certainly be coming out with with many more, so make sure to come back on Locker Room. It's almost always going to be on Fridays, very often at 4.30 p.m. as well. We, uh, we'll keep updates on Twitter, though, if those, those times and, and days change. We'll be back next week, of course, most excitingly, to preview the Super Bowl between Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be talking about everything you need to know heading into that game, all the fun storylines, fun stats, fun predictions, hot takes, debates, what have you, about the Super Bowl. We'll be talking NFL headlines as well. I'm sure there'll be more Deshaun Watson news, more quarterback carousel news. The coaching carousel's uh, you know, winding down now, but we'll certainly be talking about all those fun headlines heading into Super Bowl Sunday, and we'll be having another Dolphins off-season talk show as well, so make sure to jump back on for that. But until next time, thank you very much, every guy, uh, everyone, for listening, and we will see you then. Thanks, guys. Thank you.